We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Flying solo today, Chris Biederman is down in Mexico for a wedding. Good for him. Happy for him. It's fine. I'm going to fly solo because we have an NFL draft to talk about. The first round just ended. It is Thursday evening. An eventful night, but not in 49ers land, at least not directly Tons of stuff that happened that will have ripple effects that touch the 49ers, so we will get into all of that right now. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. So round one wasn't supposed to be eventful for the 49ers. At least that's how we weren't operating the entire offseason, right? The entire offseason, it was, well, they're going to pick 61st. They have no first-round picks, and that's just what it's going to be. But then this Debo Samuel trade request threw a giant wrench into all of that. And all of a sudden, we're locked into the first round because the 49ers might be trading their offensive MVP on draft night. And so there were there were two picks early in the first round. The one much more peripherally, peripherally, easy word to say. And that was Carolina's number six overall pick. Because if Carolina, if Carolina went with a quarterback with the six pick, it would have effectively taken them off the table to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo at some point this offseason. Because if they have Sam Darnold and then a rookie, they're going to let those two duke it out and they're going to figure it out. Especially if they're using the sixth overall pick on that QB without a starter that they believe in. Unless they still believe in Sam Darnold, which I don't believe they do. So they end up taking an offensive tackle, which they were rumored to want to do. They had a visit with a couple of the top offensive tackles. Well, no tackles went before them at number six. It was five defensive players to kick off the draft. So they took Ikemaquanu from NC State, the perceived best offensive tackle on the board. They bolstered their offensive line, 
And now they still have a little bit of a hole at quarterback. At least they do if they want to compete this year. If they want to contend this year. They're not they're not likely to do that with Sam Darnold. So that's why I'm I'm of the belief that they will pursue that they will pursue a a veteran quarterback in a trade. And I mean, unless they unless they really like them some Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo is like the other option. And the fact they haven't pulled the trigger on a trade for Mayfield yet makes me think eh, maybe they're waiting to see what what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like post shoulder surgery. I think Cleveland might also be waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson to see if they want to even get rid of Baker Mayfield yet. But if Garoppolo can throw by the end of June and the Panthers are still rolling with Sam Darnold and maybe a later round draft pick, there was only one quarterback taken in the first round. So maybe maybe one they like will fall to them in the second. But for now, maybe they see Jimmy Garoppolo throw at the end of June, end of June early July. They get him in the building in plenty of time for training camp. And they can have Jimmy Garoppolo under center on a pretty talented roster with a chance to compete for a playoff spot in 2022. So that was good news for the 49ers in their quest to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm still of the mind that he will be released if they don't trade him. But the fact that Carolina went with a tackle is, you know, the it doesn't kick the door wide open, but it definitely pushes the door open a little bit because it feels like had they taken a quarterback at six, it would have slammed the door. But the number 10 pick was the pick of the night for San Francisco because that was the one that was rumored to be involved in talks for a Debo Samuel trade. And the Jets were the team, like it was it was Jets, Lions, and I think Colts. And the Jets were really the only team that seemed to have a, a legitimate shot at landing Samuel because of their draft capital and because the 49ers weren't just going to let him go for nothing. And so when it got to the 10th pick, there was, there was this kind of uneasiness, this uncertainty, because Debo Samuel, a beloved 49er, might not be on the team by the time that pick was done. The, the, the trade winds up not going down. The pick gets used on Garrett Wilson, a talented receiver from Ohio State, and the 49ers keep Debo Samuel on their roster. There was a reported trade offer um, on, on Twitter that, that the Jets offered the 10th pick and I believe a second round pick swap 35 and 61. So the 49ers would have given up Debo and 61 for the number 10 and number 35 picks. That wasn't enough for the 49ers, at least not at a good enough deal. So they're going to move forward and try and work things out with Debo Samuel. I do think it's kind of interesting though, that what, what we're seeing with with wide receivers like we saw the saints in this draft trade up to number 11 for chris olave we saw jameson williams who tore his acl in the national championship game like he's not even expected to be ready until until midway through the season maybe and even then what does he look like post acl he got taken in the first round Jahan dotson from penn state he was a guy that was in mock drafts, you know, late first, maybe early second. He went toward the middle of the first round. And I think what's happening is teams are looking at these wide receiver contracts and it's not up to the level of quarterback contracts yet, but teams are looking at these wide receiver contracts and going, man, receivers are talented enough out the gate now that having a, a receiver on a rookie contract is way more valuable than having a receiver that 
that you're paying big money to. And I think that might've been one of the hangups in a, in, in a potential, in a potential Debo Samuel deal, you know, while the 49ers are saying, Hey, we're not going to trade him unless we're fleecing the other team. The other team's looking at it and going, man, we're going to have to pay this guy upwards of a hundred million dollars over four years and have to give up a ton of draft capital to do it. That was going to be a tough deal to swing. And I think, I think we, we saw that with the jets. They wanted to be super aggressive. You know, they want to help out their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. And they, they didn't pull the trigger on a deal and, and, and neither did the 49ers. So that's not the only wide receiver related thing that happened though. And we got more, more info on what the Debo Samuel contract negotiations might wind up looking like, assuming maybe he gets traded on day two or three, but the fact he didn't go on day one of this year's draft, like I think the Niners were were really wanting a first round pick this year to get a talent, whether it's at receiver or a different position to get a first round talent that they could plug in to try and help their team this year, especially along the offensive line. But they didn't get it, and maybe Debo gets traded over the next couple of days, and this is all moot. But as of Thursday night, he's still on the team, and it looks like the 49ers are going to take it up through training camp and see if they can't start hammering out contract negotiations. Try and put an offer in front of him that that you know perks Debo's ears up and perks his agent's ears up and, and gets them back to the negotiating table because A.J. Brown got traded... And this is this is this this matters to to Debo indirectly, because let's assume that Debo Samuel gets back to the negotiating table. He and AJ Brown share an agent, so I think we can kind of use this as a template for what Debo Samuel might be looking for. AJ Brown was traded by the Titans to the Baltimore Ravens for the number. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Philadelphia Eagles for the number 18 and 101 picks. There was a Ravens-related wide receiver trade that we'll get to in a minute that also indirectly affects the 49ers. But A.J. Brown traded to the Eagles for numbers 18 and 101. He then signed a four-year deal worth $100 million with $57 million guaranteed. He and Debo Samuel share an agent. So that's very likely the ballpark, if not the exact number that Debo Samuel is going to be looking for. And it may take that type of offer to even get him back to the negotiating table. If he's so put off by whatever has been happening with the 49ers that he has cut off communication with them and he's not, he's not even negotiating. He said he didn't even want an offer from him and he's erased him from social media. And we see what he's been doing on social media it might take a four and a hundred type of offer from the 49ers to even get him back to the table. Will they go that high? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, that's where the negotiation part comes in because maybe San Francisco doesn't want to go that high. And Debo Samuel's looking at it and going, man, that's, that's going to be my floor. Even though AJ Brown, I, I think they've been comparable for the most part, both 2019 second round picks, but I think AJ Brown has has been at least as a receiver more more consistently good. But I mean it's it's it would be hard if you're the 49ers to to argue I think hey four and a hundred and fifty hundred fifty seven guaranteed for AJ Brown like it, they can't argue that Debo hasn't been at least in the in the in the realm of AJ Brown where he would fetch that kind of money. So I think that's kind of what we're looking at now. When we when we talk about what a Debo extension might look like, I think those are the numbers we we can use. 
and go, hey, all right, it's four and a hundred with 57 to maybe 60 guaranteed. And maybe the Niners don't get that high and they try and they try and sprinkle in some uh, some kind of incentives. We've talked about that on the pod before where maybe the Niners sprinkle in some rushing incentives or, or playing time incentives or something to try and maybe get him to those numbers, but insulate themselves from a possible injury. Obviously, Debo's not going to necessarily want that, but he may not really have a choice. The Niners hold a lot of the cards, not all the cards, but a lot of the cards in this situation. And maybe the Niners try and offer him 4-90 and 90 or 4-95 and 95 and say, hey, we'll structure this in a way that if you have a couple more good years, we'll you know ex- give you another big extension, put you at the top of the market, and maybe try and work out a deal that way. We'll see if it works. I don't know. That's kind of the big thing with this whole Debo Samuel negotiation is we really just, there's a lot of stuff we just don't quite know. Maybe Debo Samuel's sitting there. He's actually in Las Vegas right now. Maybe he's sitting there in his Vegas hotel room or wherever he is going, I will never wear red and gold again, no matter what. They could offer $500 million and I'm not going back there. I don't think that's the case, but maybe he is. Or maybe he's just upset and this will blow over. And sometime in June, he'll be itching to play football again and he'll get back to the negotiating table and we'll see if they can make something happen. So that's that's where the Debo Samuel stuff lies after round one. He was not traded. He's still with the 49ers. And A.J. Brown, who is the receiver on the market, who's the closest comp to Debo, not only because of when they were drafted, but the fact that they share an agent. Got a four-year, four-year, hundred million dollar deal with fifty-seven million guaranteed, and that's probably what Debo is looking for. Will he get it from the 49ers or any other team? I don't know. But any trade that happens is going to be contingent on the other team. Like that, that AJ Brown Eagles extension happened like post haste, like right away. As soon as that trade went down, Ian Rappaport had four years, hundred with with the fifty-seven guaranteed. Like that, that extension was worked out before the trade was executed. So that's what Debo's looking at. Like the issues the Niners are going to have with paying Debo, I think other teams are going to have the same problem. And is he going to call around and see if there's there's this extension available for him as we get closer to camp or into camp and maybe he sees that it's just not there? There's a million different ways this can play out. Like I said, this is only day one of the draft. Maybe he gets traded on day two or day three. We'll see how it goes. Tons of receivers left, though. Uh, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network had a good list of the offensive players still available. Uh, Christian Watkins from North Dakota State still available. He's a really talented player. Uh, George Pickens from Georgia tore his ACL in the spring, only played four games last year, but he's a very talented player. John Mechie from Alabama. He tore his ACL in the SEC title game. He was having a huge year. Um, he's, he is a crazy good talent. That entire Alabama receivers room is just ridiculous. And then Sky Moore from Western Michigan. To me, he's a Shanahan type of dude, a uh, really good route runner, really effective uh, at all three levels. When you watch him, I really like him a lot. And then Alec Pierce, a uh, good player from Cincinnati, a wide receiver is still available as well. So maybe there's somebody the 49ers really love and they think, you know, they can they can move Debo this year for a mid-second round pick to grab one of those guys and then a first round pick next year. I don't know. It's just not off the table that he's moved. The other wide receiver thing that affects the 49ers is not Debo related, but the Arizona Cardinals 
acquired Marquise Brown, the number 25 pick from the 2019 draft. They acquired him and the number 100 pick for the 23rd overall pick. So that is already a very fast Cardinals team. They have Rondell Moore, who ran like a 4-3 or sub 4-3-40, or 4-3-0 or something like that. He's he's an unbelievable athlete, and, and we saw him make a couple of, of crazy plays against the 49ers last season. Then they line up Marquise Brown, who is another 4-3 speed guy. He had 1,000 yards last year for the Ravens um, in, a, in a Greg Roman passing offense. It wasn't super effective. I'm fascinated to see what he looks like alongside Rondell Moore, alongside DeAndre Hopkins, playing with Kyler Murray, who was his quarterback at OU. They were, they were at OU together in 2017 and 2018. Brown had a huge year in 2018 when Kyler took over as the starter full-time. And uh, now, they're, now they're back together. And Kyler Murray, who's had his own contract issues this offseason, now has his college teammate, along with Rondell Moore, along with DeAndre Hopkins, with Cliff Kingsbury, who I think is a, is a good offensive coach. I don't know if he's a good head coach, but he's at, the, at worst a good offensive coach. That's a ton of speed. And the wide receiver rooms in the NFC West, like 49ers aside, it's Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. It's Hopkins, Moore, and Brown. And then there's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like that's the Niners secondary is going to have its handful hands full at at least six times this year. And, and, and certainly maybe more with, with the receivers on their schedule. So that's maybe another reason that they, they overpay for Debo a little bit. Maybe they know that they need to match up um, with these other receiver rooms and being a, be able to put together this kind of high, high powered, high flying offense because there's going to be some shootouts. And maybe they bolster their secondary even more knowing that they're going to have all these receivers that they're dealing with six times a year. So super aggressive teams were with, with wide receivers, trading for wide receivers, signing wide receivers in the first round of the draft. Several went in the first round. I don't have the exact number in front of me. I probably should have, but... A bunch went in the first round, and there's still a bunch left because that's a, that's a position that is just loaded with talent in college and in the NFL right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A couple other notes from the first round. Uh, Kenny Pickett was taken by the Steelers number 20 overall. He was the only quarterback taken. That was the last time only one quarterback went in the first round was in 2013 when EJ Manuel went to the Bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bills number 16 overall. That's not a great sign for this draft class. So Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Matt, Cor- uh, Matt Corral, all still available. All were thought to maybe go in the first round. They all fell out of the first round. Like teams didn't even trade up at the end to, to try and snag one uh, to get that fifth year option. That's not a great sign for this QB class. And, and another good sign for the 49ers when it comes to adding Trey Lance. They went up a year early, got a quarterback that was super talented that they thought, okay, maybe he's not ready in 2021, but he'll be ready by 2022. And he's certainly going to be better than the QB class that's coming in 2022. And after the, if the first round of the draft is any indication, the, the 49ers made the right call there. We still have to see what Trey Lance looks like on the field. But if he is as good as his talent says he should be, it's going to look like a coup where the 49ers just got out ahead of this, this popping QB bubble and, and got a super talented player that they could insert as a new starter in 2022 because that player is not here in this year's draft. And it's a fascinating, fascinating thought exercise. And maybe Chris and I will do this once he gets back, but it's a fascinating thought exercise to think about what the 49ers draft looks like without the Trey Lance trade. Like if let's say everything just goes the same way. Jimmy Garoppolo starts last year and he he gets him to the to the NFC championship game and they lose and he gets hurt and all that. Are they trying to draft a quarterback 29th? Are they trying to move up to draft a quarterback? Are they running it back? Are they running it back with Garoppolo and re-signing him? And the 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 domino effect of the of the Trey Lance trade is gonna is gonna be felt for a really long time. And I think there's gonna be gonna be a lot of kind of looking back and seeing where it went right, where it went wrong. But right now, as we sit here on at 9.05 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, April 28th, they've made the right call so far. Because this 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 year's draft was not was not rife with first round talent, under center at least. Speaking of the Trey Lance trade, another 49ers pick from that trade got used on Thursday night. The 49ers originally held the number 29 overall pick. They, of course, traded that to Miami last year when they traded up to number three. Miami then dealt that pick to Kansas City in the Tyreek Hill trade. Um, and then Kansas City moved up in the draft to number 21 and they swapped with New England. New England took that number 29 pick in that move, and they drafted Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga. He's a center. Um, This touches the 49ers in a couple of ways. It's kind of interesting. So, of course, that's the number 29 pick that belonged to San Francisco. Just straight up, that was their pick. New England took a center. Might have taken the player that the 49ers might have taken there had they had that 29th pick. That is the second of the four picks that got moved in the Trey Lance trade. 
to get used. Of course, there was the 2021 first round pick. That was number 12 overall. San Francisco dealt that one to Miami, who then dealt it to Philly, who then dealt it to Dallas. And Dallas, with the number 12 pick, took do-everything linebacker Micah Parsons, who was the defensive rookie of the year last year, and had a little bit of a case for defensive player of the year. He was that good as a rookie. He went number 12, the 49ers original pick in the 2021 class. So Strange now goes 29th overall, the 49ers original pick in the 2022 first round. And if he has a year at center equivalent to the one that that Parsons had at linebacker, the, the Patriots might be looking at the steal of the draft. And there was a video that was really funny of, of Sean McVay and Les, Sne- um, uh, Les Snead, the, the Rams head coach and GM, doing a Zoom press conference thing during the first round. And they've got a TV on. You can't see the TV, but you can see them kind of looking at the TV. And Cole Strange goes and and Snead and, and McVay both, both exclaim loudly and, and kind of laugh. And they're like, man, we wasted all sorts of time watching that guy because we thought he'd be there late in the third round. And the Patriots took him 29th overall. The other way that touches the 49ers has nothing to do with on-field stuff, but Cole Strange went to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. You'll recognize that school as the alma mater of Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens went to the 49ers in the 96 draft, number 89 overall. He had been the highest drafted player from UT Chattanooga ever. And he just held that title. Highest ever in, in 96, and he'd held that title for 26 years. 26? 25? 26? 26 years. I'm old. And got surpassed on Thursday night by Cole Strange, who went 29th overall. I'm guessing there will never be a UT Chattanooga player taken higher than Cole Strange at 29. But then again, a lot of people probably said that there wouldn't be a Tennessee Chattanooga player taken higher than 89. <laughs> When Terrell Owens went there, so who knows? But I thought that was kind of a fun little bit of um, of 49ers draft history that that we could we could dive into with that number twenty nine pick via the Trey Lance trade. So that's the first round. Not uneventful for the 49ers, but not nearly as eventful as it would have been had they pulled the trigger on that Debo Samuel trade. Um, my plan here is to do podcasts on Friday and Saturday after days two and three of the draft day two will be a lot more active. The 49ers are scheduled to pick 61st overall, 93rd overall and 105th overall. Uh, they were supposed to pick 102, but remember that pick also went to Miami in the trade in the, in the trade up to number three last year. So we'll definitely dive into, uh, who Miami took as well, just to kind of see what what the 49ers were were missing out on with the picks they gave up um, for Trey Lance. Of course, that's not to say like they did or didn't make the right pick because if Trey Lance is good, like it, doesn't, it frankly doesn't matter what the other picks did. Like they have a franchise quarterback and that's the most important thing to have in the NFL. But I, I, I'm, I'm personally fascinated by it and this is a podcast that I co-host. So I'm going to talk about it. Sorry. Um, you can fast forward through that part. I'll make sure to announce what I'm doing. But tomorrow promises to be more active for the 49ers. Um, I mentioned a bunch of the receivers who are still available. Trey McBride, the tight end that I really like from Colorado State, uh, did not go in the first round. So he's going to be available. Um, couple of the edge rushers who got talked about a lot in this, in this really deep edge class, uh, David Ajabo 
from Michigan, Boye Mafe from Minnesota, Arnold Ebikiti from Penn State. They are all still available, as well as Nick Benito. Um, if the 49ers want edge help, they might be able to move up and and find a find a very effective edge player. Uh, Nicobe Dean from Georgia also didn't go in the first round, which I thought was was pretty wild. I thought he would for sure uh, be a first round pick. Um, Jalen Peacher from Baylor and Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, two players mocked a lot to the 49ers, are still sitting there as well. I'm really interested to see if the 49ers just kind of stand pat at 61, or if they do try and trade up. If there's a super talented player that falls, you know, into the 40s, do they try and and unload 61 and and some of their other picks to? They have nine. Um, see if they unload a couple of those picks to to move up into the middle of the second round. And, you know, get a player that maybe they think is a, is a first round type of talent. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm fascinated to see what happens on, on, on Friday. And, and maybe, like I said, maybe that Debo Samuel trade is there with an early second round pick and a, and a 2023 first round pick. I don't know if they would necessarily take that, but if they get on the horn with Debo's agent tonight and he says, Debo's not taking anything less than four and a hundred and 57 guaranteed and that's final like maybe the Niners are a little more a uh, little more eager to to pull the trigger on a trade on day two but like I said I'm, I'm very seriously doubting that so we'll keep you up to date with all the latest 49ers draft news if a Debo trade does happen make sure to get a pod up ASAP on that want to thank everybody for listening to me ramble by myself Chris will be back next week and I'll hopefully have a guest Friday and then Tracy Sandler 49ers fangirl will be joining me on Saturday to recap Saturday's picks and just the draft overall really appreciate you guys listening subscribe if you do not um, we really appreciate the people who, who do subscribe to the pod you know whether you love the pod or, or, or not just the fact that you subscribe means a lot and the fact that uh, you listen to us I know I can speak for Chris when I say it means a ton to both of us so thank you so much for that um, subscribe rate review you know the words we'll see you next time Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.